Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KNY, and joining me in the studio today is Assemblyman Wade Bryson. Wade, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I guess I'm wearing my assembly hat right now. That you are, considering it's only been a couple hours since I saw you last. Yes. <laughs> so the big, the really big thing I want to talk to you about was the CBJ announcing those uh, those hiring incentives for JPD. Pretty, I think that was. I, mean, I know it was talked about in the assembly last night for sure. Uh, well, we've been talking about it for quite some time uh, since I joined the assembly back in 2018. Uh, the police department has had a recruiting uh, retention issues, and uh, 2020 and the Black Lives Matter movement and and the pol- community policing issues that came up from that. Uh, you know, we've focused a lot on Juno's police force, and it's been understaffed uh, for longer uh, than I'm aware of, um, so that they haven't had a complete and full uh, 56 police officers in Juno. Uh, we do know that every uh, city, uh, for lack of a better word, is changing the way that they pay their police officers. They're doing uh, massive recruiting drives. Uh, we had an officer that we trained. Uh, spent a whole year, and it costs about $200,000 to get a police officer from, hey, I'd like to be a police officer, where do I apply, to here's your patrol car, you're on your own now. It's about $200,000. After one year, that officer left because he could make more money in a down south city and have lower cost of living. So more money, but lower cost of living. We had to adjust it. Um, as with all wages, you know, firefighters, uh, city hall workers. Um, inflation has impacted every industry, every segment of the population. And so if we didn't respond, we would be creating a larger problem. And uh, PSEA, the uh, officers union, um, has spent a little bit of time end of the last year, beginning of this year, letting us know, hey, the situation has gotten worse even with the this recent raise that you did, state troopers have this bonus, and so we were losing recruits to that, and it was making it that much harder. So when a down south officer, uh, what they call a lateral, would be looking, oh, I could go to Juno. This is what they're offering. Oh, I could go to the state troopers. They've got a $20,000 bonus, signing bonus. Why don't I go apply to the state troopers? Well, we eliminated that from being a factor. Okay. Well, and I guess the big question that would come to mind for me is where's that money going to come from to, to do that, 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 that hiring bonus, that incentive? Well, uh, you're going to hate this, and I know everybody's going to hate this answer. Um, as inflation affects wages, inflation has also impacted everything that we buy here in the community. So we have a higher sales tax. Um, it can't, it's come in higher than projected last uh, couple of quarters due to inflation. Um Property taxes, all of the homes that in America have gone up in value. So we knew that we'd be looking at higher property taxes, but we're going to put the mill rate. The assembly does have control over the mill rate to levy how much money is taken from those property values. So it's a balancing game. You don't want to get behind the times. And I know from the private sector, if you're not constantly raising wages and you let like say six months ago, 
without looking at wages and the wages that you're paying, all of a sudden you're way behind the eight ball. And then the next raise looks huge because you got to play catch up. So it is far more advantageous for us to be slowly doing these like constant raises during a time period when wages are going up. Otherwise you're behind the eight ball. Okay. And then the other big thing is obviously this coming out very close to how and very even close to similar to even amount with the state troopers with troopers is 20,000. This new one would be 25,000. It almost kind of comes off as though it's to try and out compete the state to get more people. A little bit. Yes. And a little bit. No, we Juno wants the best police force that we can get. Well, you don't get the best by offering the lowest rates. That's just that simple math. Um, there is concern about trying to be in a competition with state troopers, uh, but the explanation that I received on that is you have to really want to be a state trooper. The isolation, the uh, uh, they're usually just one guy in remote parts of Alaska, and it takes a certain sort of person to be able to do that, whereas a Juno police officer can come home to his family at night and that is one of the greatest things about JPD. 100% of our officers live in our community. And if you go down south, that is just not the case. The officers don't live in the community that, that they police. We're lucky that way. And, and that is something I could agree with you on. Because if you have them actually living in their, their local community, that would... That means the community actually knows them. They know who they are. They have their, it helps develop that actual real connection versus that's just the person who comes here and patrols around and can end up having no real connection to the community and thus has that sort of disconnect between what is actually going on for that area. You know what I mean? I loved it when we had two cops that were, uh, one lived on our street and the other, his parents lived on the street. So we had cop cars down our street all the time. It's safe for them. You know, it's a good, safe way. You have the, the police officers are living in the community they're policing uh so you build relationships you have a better networking yeah uh, juno is lucky to have all of our police officers here in juno okay and then another question i would have is with that you know that large you know hiring bonus how does that how would that affect you know like wages for jpd would those stay the same or is that going to have to change to offset that well we do a three-year contract through the union negotiations and that is the PSEA police union is on the same cycle as MEBA. And that means everybody, I forgot Marine engineers, benevolence association, something like that. That means everybody uh, can fall under that. And then we have um, the firefighters union. I forgot the acronym for them. And so we're on that three year cycle. So the wages will stay the, the same that we set. That part of the contract is the same. We were having uh, recruiting issues, and so this became a recruiting tool. We also have a retention bonus, so we're working on the the recruiting and the retention. And then uh, Chief Mercer is great about continuous education, so recruit, uh, retain, retrain. That's the formula for good human resources. There's five or four people in the pike right now of officers that are potentially coming on board. So he does have four people that he's working on their process. Uh, Chief has a dog in mind for when Buddy, our super dog, who's taken more drugs off the street than any other police officer that we have, um, 
but he's retiring. He's due for retirement, and the chief already has his eye on another dog. So um, I think Chief Mercer is uh, making good progress, and with the tools that the assembly has given him now, we should see real results uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, as a member of the assembly, I'm sure you have your own insight onto why there's probably been those recruiting issues for JPD. I mean, if you're able to comment on that, I'm not sure if you Oh, are. sure. Well, it's JPD isn't um, alone in this. Every police department had hiring and retention issues because, uh, what's a, I don't want to go too deep into history, but uh, we were talking a few bad apples do ruin the bunch. And while we don't want to judge the whole police forces, the poor actions of a few have tainted that, that industry. And so I think it's going to take uh, reform and, and change and chiefs like Chief Mercer, who knows that the community, he has to be in touch in contact with the community because it's not just JPD. It's JPD and the city of Juneau working together. Okay. And like you were saying there, I mean, there is a reason why the saying is a few bad apples ruin the bunch. You know, if you have those few examples of, of poor officers, that's going to have to reflect on all of them because by that same token, if they don't do anything about the said same poor officers, they also have, then that would, in a lot of ways that holds them just as liable because they're choosing to not do anything. And here's why I know that we have a great police force because unfortunately, a couple years ago, an officer was involved in a DUI, small accident. He was not given any preferential treatment. That officer was terminated and was arrested. You know, they threw the, no, that's not accurate. They went, they suffered the exact same legal consequences that any citizen would be and lost his uh, position on the force. And so, JPD is is very clearly demonstrated that we will police our own officers and we won't let any officer get away with something they're not supposed to. Uh, Deputy Chief Campbell is like the best guy for the community. If you have an issue, a concern that an officer did, you reach out to Lieutenant Dave Campbell, who's the Deputy Chief, and he'll take care of it. I mean, he'll give you answers. He'll follow up with you. So we even have members of our police force that are like, that's their job. They talk to the community, and you'll probably hear them here on Action Line within the next 30 days. I was going to say, they are a monthly guest. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> we're going to be taking a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk to Wade about more things going on with the City Assembly. Welcome back to Action Line. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in here is Assemblyman Wade Bryson. Now, during Good the f- afternoon. Thank you, Wade. Now, in the first half, we were talking about the JPD hiring incentives, and we went pretty in-depth on that. But now I wanted to sort of flip the conversation over to the property assessments. Property tax and property assessments. Yes, that is probably the most common thing that people are talking to me right now. They want to make sure that I'm very aware that their property tax assessment went up. Um, The lowest I've heard was 12%. Somebody was telling me about 16%. Somebody gave me an average and they had one that went up as high as 20%. And so I have heard those numbers. However, we knew this was coming. Like you, you, you would have had to have been in the in a dark box to not know that every home in America is going for a higher cost than it did three years ago. 
I mean, that's it's, this isn't unique to Juneau. It's not unique to Alaska. We're feeling it. We're right here in it. Um, the thing that I'd say about the city assessor is that they're required by law, and we just uh, uh, codified that law. We just like set that law up last night that says the assessor absolutely has to use uh, approved standards to come up with the true and fair market value of your home, not what you think it's worth or what the the neighbor thinks it worse or what the contractor, the seller, the buyer, but the assessor's responsibility is what the true, accurate, fair value of a home is. And um, if every home that goes for, that's up for sale is selling, you know, in that 10% above, 20% above, or um, what's a good way to describe it? for those elevated values, some were going above their asking price. And a lot of times the asking price was just, you know, X percentage above what the house had been previously bought for. You can take any house in Juno on the uh, assessor's website. And I think you get through that Juno.org and it'll tell you what the different prices that the house sold for over the years. And so every home is going to be more valuable it's going to have a higher cost to it. We know that construction costs right now are around $300 a square foot uh, to make a new house. And so it just, houses are more expensive. Um, where the assembly can help is what we set the mill rate at. So if we left a mill rate flat and we got a 15% bump uh, in property taxes across the board, well, that would be a 15% bump, but I don't think that's what this assembly is going to do. I think that we're going to look at the mill rate and see if we can't see how high we don't have to raise it it's, or see how low we can bring it down. Okay. And that's a, that's a whole lot to say prior to knowing the budget. Like, that's the other part of this. We're about to go into an eight-week finance cycle where we look at everything thing that the city is spending money on and everything that every service that the community has uh, come to expect here in the community and one of our responsibilities will be making sure that we do have enough money to pay for all the the commitments that the city has made so there is a healthy balance there we need to pay cops and firefighters an appropriate wage right so that we have good cops and firefighters or police and fire but it would be illogical to think, okay, but that's not going to impact taxes because it does. Those are all things that are funded by taxes. Exactly. And we did priority-based budget uh, strategy uh, a handful of years ago, like when everybody was real new to the assembly, this core group that we have. And if you take the bottom 25% of the items, they were all small but well-used things like parks and libraries and pools. So if you eliminate the bottom 25%, that's of the budget, that's where all that stuff lies. So okay. we do, the community is very clear that they want those activities available. Right. 
And so I guess sort of one of my questions is, I would, I would assume that the main reason why we've seen that increase in all the property assessments is, you I mean, you think about, obviously, housing is a problem everywhere, but you even, but I mean, speaking to Juno specifically, I mean, housing has always been a, a large problem. There's Every time you look around, someone's trying to find a place to stay or even find a property, and it's just not there. I have a great story for that. Um, the Fosby apartment building downtown. Um, I was just talking to the current owner about that property, and they forwarded me a newspaper article that was printed in 1936. And the Fosby apartment building was built in 1936 to address Juno's housing crisis. There was not enough housing in 1936. And that's what prompted the building of the Fosby. And the according to the article, uh, about a dozen different companies came together to create um, the first guy's name was Foz or Foster in the last in the other guy's last name was like B or Beecham or something like that. This is what they put it together and they got the Fosby. Gotcha. But I mean, and, and while that, and I'm sure that worked for the time, but it, it's still, we, but that would show that, I mean, that's indicative of a longstanding issue that we always need to get more housing yep. in here. Because if you don't have that, then that limits the, the economic growth that the city can have. If you can't have people who can stay here, who can work here. Bingo. Then you have a problem. So every industry is facing the same challenge right now, and that's lack of available housing, uh, lack of affordable housing, which then puts a burden on the existing economic infrastructure. You're exactly right. So that's why we've like thrown the kitchen sink at incentives for the development community to develop. If a developer built a multifamily house right now, a duplex, triplex, quad, zero property tax, minus the school, I think you still have to pay school tax by law, but zero property tax for 12 years. That's a big deal, especially when you're talking about where property tax sits right now. I mean, that that's going to save $1,000 a month right there. Right. On a new uh, multifamily housing, and so and then like I guess sort of my question there is I mean but then you also run into the the question of having the space to do those things here in Juno. Okay, so all of the easy land has been used. We do know that, and uh, downtown is a great example. We are begging people to develop downtown, and it's just so cumbersome that um, and expensive that it just nothing pencils out. So we've uh, increased incentives. We have the affordable housing fund. Um, we're, we actually have some good focus with the affordable housing fund. If we use that to work with nonprofits that are trying to create housing, then all of a sudden you have a government entity and a nonprofit, and the rules are much better for those two. When the city tries to facilitate for-profit entities to build housing, there's more rules in the way. I would even say even beyond just more rules, you look at that that like optically and that doesn't seem right. Great the either. red face. So can the city loan money to private developers? Yes. And the city right now is questioning and the city manager said this out loud a couple of times. Does the city want to be a bank? Do we want to have part of the city where we loan in a way that banks won't loan? Because if Everybody's waiting for a developer to have 50% cash, go to the bank and say, loan me the other 50%. I want to build on this piece of property. That's pie in the sky these days. If we want that level of development, we need to increase the incentives and, 
and encourage and support developers to build in the tough areas that um, that we're asking them to build in. I mean, side of a mountain is not an easy place to build on, but that's a whole lot of the land we have left. And, and I agree with you there, but then that leads into the question of how do you even give them those incentives? Because obviously a huge portion, especially of downtown Juno's economy, is entirely fueled by the tourism industry. And so then... Um, well, you have a large contingent of state and local government uh, and federal government employed in the downtown corridor. So there's there's a little bit more economy than just a tourism economy. Now, if you go down... Um, past the red dog okay i would agree with you you're into um seasonal tourism they pay property tax year-round though those buildings do not get seven-year exemptions or seven-month exemptions those buildings that are facilitated or facilitate tourism they pay property tax the same as you and i do Hmm. And then, but then that's me looking at it from this sort of a, a perspective i don't go into very often which is this very corporatist perspective where it's like but then even if you are paying that property tax, that's just a, a net. That would be a net loss for about seven months because you're not making any profit off of that location. Then, um, apparently, they make enough money during the five month season to offset that. Hmm. I just feel like there is a lot that needs to go into the, the encouragement for that further development, especially with the, at least in relation to the downtown area. Hey, man, if you come up with some great ideas or ideas that we haven't thought of or started to pencil out or like hash out different ideas, if you, Jordan Lewis, or you, the listener, have ideas that would help literally move the wheels of development in the downtown corridor, tell us. We want to know what else can we do because, like I said, we've thrown the kitchen sink at it and we still got diddly, a big fat goose egg, on new downtown development because it's an expensive, complicated issue that we don't have a clear path for yet. Well, I think that's the most heated I've gotten in a while. <laughs> oh, man, we are so hot in here, Jordan. All right. Well, I mean, you're going to get more heated. you got problem corner here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell you what, why don't we switch seats and you can come hang out with me on Problem Corner for a little bit. Well, I will do that once I get that newscast, man. <laughs> right. you got to remember that part. That's, that's, no, my that's primary right. Task. We're all working here. All yeah. right. um, any other questions, Jordan? Nope. I think that's, think that's all I've got for you this time. You all never right. know the next time I'll have you in here, though. Uh, more pointed questions. We'll see how deep and dirty we can get, Jordan. Oh, if I had more... More free time, I would certainly go for it. All right. You have been listening to Action Line on KINY.